Amen. Let me love you just the same. May we love the Lord Jesus Christ this year even more. And may He work in our lives and hearts so we can serve Him and serve Him with all our hearts and soul and minds and physical strength. Thank you, Ginny. Brought tears to my eyes. Well, by now you've been tired of me speaking every Sunday for the last three Sundays, and this is the fourth one. (laughs) Aren't you tired? (laughs) Ah. Well, may God bless this morning. This is the first Sunday of the new year. And let's open our Bibles and get a few words to read uh, to uh, Psalms chapter 73, verse 25, 26, 27, and 28. <clears throat> Whom have I in heaven but thee? And besides thee I desire Nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from thee will perish. Thou hast destroyed all those who are unfaithful to thee. But as for me, but as for me, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all thy works. May God bless his word. First of all, I would like to say to you that every person who brings his Bible with him when they come to church, this is a great thing. The greatest thing you can do is Always when you come to church, whether it's Monday, whether it's Wednesday, whether it's Thursday or Sunday, come with your sword. Bring your sword. And if I come to church without my Bible, you know, I feel like there's something missing. Bring your Bible. Forget that we have Bibles under the benches here. Bring your Bible. Use it. And let me tell you this. When you need to underline something, it's your Bible you underline it. And bring your highlighter with you. And enjoy the word of God. Because many people now are ashamed of the word of God. But we are not ashamed of the word of God. It's our main food on a daily basis. And carry it. And live it. And talk to the world about it. Let us rejoice this morning. Of the first Sunday of 2007, when it was year 2000, did you ever think that we're going to be here on a Sunday morning talking about 2007? Unbelievable how the years go by. He brought us through. He brought us through. We've closed the door on last year. And thank God it was a great year. So many times, and like 
many little children, we always wish to know, like they want to know what's under the tree before Christmas Eve or Christmas morning comes. We want to know what lies ahead. But it is one of God's greatest mercies that we do not know the things that await us even tomorrow. He has told us to live just one day at a time. What? One day at a time. To take no anxious nor thought about tomorrow. For tomorrow, what? Takes care of itself. But this we know. That he goes with us. We're not alone, are we? Okay. And that he is a sweet comfort indeed. His love and power sustain us. He brings relief so that we are able to bear whatever comes our way, whether it's suffering, whether it's joy. He sees that we need this situation that we go through and bless his name. Best of all, he brings us through. And the word through makes us think of the end of the journey. And our hearts race when we think that it's going to end soon. And our blood pressure goes a little bit higher than usual. I don't want to go high with me, okay? And uh, we anticipate to see his face. And maybe tomorrow. Maybe today. The face who loved us. And died to give us eternal life. What shall we say to that? Amen. Lord, come soon. Meanwhile, this is, this is the true reality. Meanwhile, we're still here. We didn't go anywhere yet. We're on our way. We're on earth. Let us keep focused. Let us keep busy. Let us take our responsibilities in the Lord. Let us pick up our cross daily. And let us begin again. And then Abel will say, okay, we're going to begin. Are you ready to begin again a new year? Yes, Amen. Are we going? Okay, where do we begin? I, I'm talking to you. This is the family of God. And we are all together as one family. Let's begin again. Where do we begin? The very first thing I thought of, and I hope the Lord will bless it. We need a closer walk with God. Do you, do you think we need that? Mm. Have we slowed down? Especially during the holidays. During the past. We slowed down maybe. Okay. Time. Time to begin again. In James 4 and verse 8, James encourages the believers with these words. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So who takes the first step here? We have to take. We have to initiate it. Because he's waiting for us. So it's good to have a closer walk with him. Perhaps we have been distracted. Perhaps we got busy with the burdens of life. Perhaps we lost some intimate relationship with our Savior. As I say this. Say with me. Time to begin again. 
Amen. There's a man in the Old Testament. The Bible speaks about. And I always, he was a hero of mine. He still is. And his name was Enoch. His name was Enoch. Enoch lived 365 years walking with God. The Bible says 300 years. He was 65 when he started walking with God. And he walked with God 300 more years. And if we call Enoch, up, come on up here Enoch and tell us how was your walk with God. I'm going to tell you something he said. Those 365 years passed by like a dream. Like yesterday. When you are occupied with Christ, time passes and you don't notice. When you are in service for Him, time flies by. And you say, what happened to last year? Aren't we saying that? And when you are with someone you love, let me ask you a question. Would you like Time to pass by quickly? He says, no. Can we extend the evening more? You remember when you first fell in love? You wanted to be with him or with her. And you were praying that. And you came home at 2 a.m. And it was like five minutes. Why? Because you are in love with that person. Are we in love with Christ so we can feel that we need to be with him. And walk with him so closely. And the time goes by goes by so fast. Did you know that a close walk with Christ leads also to consecration? And what's the meaning of consecration? Can someone give me a definition of consecration? I have a definition, but I want to ask whether we're all together with me. What's consecration? Holiness. Holiness. Dedication, someone said. Separation, someone said. They are all there. When we walk close to God, we separate ourselves from evil. How about that? And that's why we need this closer look at the very beginning of the year. So God will separate us from evil. The more I look at this world, the more evil it looks in my eyes. I don't know about your eyes. In my eyes, it looks so evil. It looks so bad. There's nothing good in it. And consecration and separation to God from this world leads to what? To more effective service for Him. So what we're talking here, a closer walk to God, with God, will help us to separate ourselves from evil and serve the Lord more this coming year. Did you get it? This is why the psalmist was read. But as for me, he says, I've seen evil. I looked at evil. My heart went astray. But as for me, when I came back to my senses, and I came into the sanctuary of God, and I saw God himself, and I walked closely with him. Ah, as for me, the nearest of God is good. Actually, it's the best for me. When you are busy developing this habit and promoting this precious relationship with Him, 
As we said, time flies by. You'll never notice. 300 years went by. And you ask Enoch, Enoch, where did they go? He said, all I know is I'm gone to be with the Lord. And spent eternity with him forever and ever. And the Bible says Enoch was not found after that. And when we walk with God, the journey gets shorter. Not longer. And the destination gets clearer. And suddenly, guess what? We reach home. And when we reach home, then we forget about everything else. So, may I ask you this morning, that all of us, as a church, as a family, let's get closer to God. Let's, we need this closer walk. And we need to do it effective immediately. What do we need to do also? Because we are still here on earth. The Lord left us on earth. We need to finish the task. Or complete the task. Edel, what task you are talking about? While Christ tarries, we are given a new opportunity. What did he tell the disciples when he left? Go ye to all the world. That's your commission. And that's your mission. Preach, teach, baptize, and I am with you till the end of the age. And we are asked to redeem the time. This is a task. Many continue to live in darkness outside world. And at the same time, others are dying in their sin that have never heard of the old, old story that Jesus came and died for them. Our task grows, if you will please, weightier instead of lighter. In other words, we have a greater responsibility as every day passes. The lepers of old said we are not doing what is right. This is a day of salvation and we are doing nothing. They got up and said, let's get up and go tell. And this is the call for us today. Let's get up and tell. Tell of what? Tell of the Lord's salvation. This is the incomplete business that the Lord left with us. The Lord commanded his disciples. And we have another opportunity at the beginning of 2007 to preach the gospel, witness, and to lead people to Christ. The Bible says in Luke 14.23, compel them to come in. Don't be ashamed of your Christ. This is the time where we have to stand up. As we sang this morning. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Let's tell the world about what he's done in our lives. This is an unfinished task. And the Lord sent the disciples to complete it. There's an imaginary story I want to tell you about. He dreamed. The story goes of the excitement amongst the hosts of heaven when Christ was preparing to leave the courts of heaven to become, to be a babe in Bethlehem. uh, That was an effort to win the whole world. 
During the course of the dream, 33 years passed quickly and the angel Gabriel greeted Christ as he returned to heaven from his earthly mission. Gabriel seemed shocked that Jesus had been gone such a short time to have accomplished such a monumental task. In amazement, Gabriel asked, Have you already converted everyone on earth to your heavenly father? Christ responded, No, Gabriel. In fact, there are only a few of my followers on earth. But they are going to tell everyone else the good news about me. But what if they don't? Gabriel asked. Bowing his head, Christ replied, I have no other plan. The execution of this plan is in our hands. And we are accountable. Don't you have a backup plan? Savior, he said, no. I left the plan with the disciples. And I left them there responsible to win souls for the kingdom. Are we winning souls for the kingdom? This is my, my word for you today. As we stand on the threshold of this year, let us make evangelism our major emphasis. Let's go and tell, like these lepers of old, we have to go and tell. Let's keep focus, bearing in mind that the Lord left this world for us to finish what he had started. And what a privilege to be able to continue what the Lord has started. So, what are you doing for Christ? This is the call. We need to continue. We need to complete the task. And you know what? You know what? If you would like to see the Lord coming so soon, the more you win souls, the more, the quicker He comes. Do you hear His voice saying, And you shall be witnesses, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and even to where? To the uttermost part of the earth. And that's our job. And that's our duty. These are our responsibilities. To go to the world, to preach, teach, and baptize them, and bring them to the Savior. Preach the word, Paul writes to Timothy. Preach the word, in season and out of season. In summer and in winter. In spring and in the fall. When, you are, when things are good or things are bad. When you feel like it or don't feel like it. Preach the gospel until he comes. Oh, what a beginning if we take up. First of all, closer walk with God. Secondly, to complete or to continue what he started. And that's, that's for your information, is obedience. Do you want to obey Christ? Do you want to make him happy? Obey him and carry that gospel to the world. And I ask this morning, if you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the good news. The good news is, Jesus came to save you and me. And if you're still unsaved, if you did not yet accept the Lord Jesus who came and died on the cross of Calvary for your sins and mine, if yet you're still living in your sins, this is the time to say at the very beginning of the year, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. That's security for your information. 
It's better. When you put your life in the hands of Jesus Christ, it's better than any other hands. You know that? So, what's holding you? What's holding you? He's here, walking and passing by. Take him as your Savior, and he will change your life, and he'll give you a new hope and a new beginning. Time to begin again. Don't say, I'm too old. Don't say it's over. Don't say it's too late. It's now the time to start over. It's never too late. You know when it's too late? When you leave this world and go to face him. Then it's too late. As long as you are alive, it's not too late. The third point, and we'll go home. We need restoration and encouragement. You know that God is in the restoration business? Did you ever think that? Is. And he is a master at that. And in order to illustrate this, uh, did you ever work on a, on a desk you inherited from your grand-grand-grandfather and it's getting old and you start to restore it, what it takes? Did you ever work on an old car to restore that old car? And God is working on every person to restore every person that has weakness in his life. Every believer that had fainted along the way to bring him up and restore his strength and or her strength and bring them up to par so they can serve him and walk with him. The word res- restoration or restoring, in some Bibles it says renew. Renew. Isn't it time for the Lord to renew us all? Maybe we got lazy over the holidays. And I mean that. And we didn't have enough meetings to keep us going. And we left it for the families to enjoy their families. People travel, people uh, to enjoy it. We don't, we don't answer to any board of directors here. We do what's good for the family of God. And we always think of families because the church is made of families. But isn't it time to renew? To renew our lives toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Renew our commitment to Him. And say, Lord, I am here. Take me. Use me. Mold me. So I can be a clean vessel for you. Since the early days of humanity, our forefather, the father of all believers, Abraham, needed some restoration, didn't he? Do you remember what he did? A little bit of, little bit of famine. He fled the country and went to Egypt. What did he find in Egypt? Heartache. And he grew away from God. But God restored him and brought him back. His son did like father, like son. Isaac did the same thing. Be careful, fathers. Be careful. We are not going to Egypt any 
neither now nor in the future. Egypt is the world, and may God give us hatred toward this world, this wicked world. When King David fell into sin and broke his covenant with the Almighty God and committed that great sin, I hate even to say it, but committed that sin, when he confessed that sin and repented, what happened? God restored him. Is there someone who is in sin today? Have you left your old love? God is willing to restore you. God is willing to renew your life. God is willing to give you another chance. Peter, I don't know him. He denied his master. He denied his savior. Face to face he looked at him. He was there just because Jesus looked at him. He was there in front of him. I don't know him. And he started saying bad words. He started swearing. I've never been. But we know you. You speak. You know. You have the same, the same uh, language. No. I haven't. But right immediately. He repented crying. And Jesus saw him. And called him later. He says. Peter do you love me? He says. You know I love you. Peter. Take care of my sheep. Did you restore him? What a way. What a love. He restored him. Where are you? Are you walking close to God or you have gone a little bit astray? Hear what David said after his restoration. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. You say my sin is greater than I can take care of it. Let me tell you one thing. Grace is greater than your sin You say, I have fallen down deep and deep and deep and there is no way for me to be restored. I tell you one thing. Jesus went deeper than that. He went to the grave to lift you up and seat you on the right hand of glory. There is nothing impossible to our God. And even when our great, great grandmother, Sarah, heard that she was going to be pregnant at the age of... Ninety years. She, you know what she did? You know what she did? He said, Sarah, you're mocking? No, no, I didn't laugh. Are you laughing now? Sarah, is there anything impossible for God? You tell me. Is there anything impossible? God is willing to do impossible things for us if we walk closely with him. And if we carry on what he wanted us to carry. And he will restore the years that the locust has eaten. Don't say it's too late. Don't say there's no hope. I've gone too far. Remember the prodigal son. He went far. He went, what the Bible says, to the far country. He's using the same word. But when he came to to his senses, when he said, he said, I... I am going back home. I am going back home. I decided to return home. What did he find when he came back home? That a loving father, he was opening his arms and says, I love you. That's our God. 
and he was immediately restored to fellowship. No matter how deep you are, Jesus can stoop deeper. No matter how high you fly, Jesus is higher than anyone else. Jesus can reach you wherever you are. Remember that. As long as there is God in heaven, there is hope for the one who is willing to seek him for a new beginning. God is asking us, are we ready for a new beginning? We are challenged this morning. We are challenged for a closer walk. We are challenged to go and preach the gospel. We are challenged to go and give him everything to restore any and every little weakness that you have. And no matter how far you're gone, he will leave the 90 and 9 and look for the one and find that person and find you. And he will take you. He will carry you on his shoulders and nurse you back to good health. Don't say it's too late. Don't say the time passed me by. As long as you are alive, the Lord is seeking your soul. And seeking to reconcile you to himself. And he does not only restore you. He gives you a chance to serve him. As we heard. And you say, well, he gave me a chance. You wanted, to, you wanted to argue with me? He gave me a chance. And I failed him. Let me tell you one thing. Our God is not the God of one chance. It's not the God of one opportunity. He's the God of a second chance. And third chance. And fourth chance. And 10,000 chances as long as you come seeking his face. Oh Lord, I seek your face. Where are you? If you are lost, God can bring you in. If you are in a weak spot, again, God can take you. If you are in a pit, God can restore you. If whatever, wherever you are, whatever situation you have placed yourself in, and don't blame God. So many times we blame God for our mistakes. Don't blame God. Just say, Lord, I want to go back. Lord, help me. That's all it needs. And he will restore you. As a Christian, he will restore you. As an unsafe person, if you seek him today, he will never turn his face away. He will take you and change you and give you eternal life. Have we forgotten how much he loved us? Have we left our first love? We need to fall in love again. 
Say, Lord, I want to love you anymore. You have rescued me. You love me. You died for me. I want to fall in love again. I want to walk with you. I want to do your will. Restore my soul. And say with the psalmist, as for me, the nearest of nearness of God is good for me. Don't stay away where you are. Let's get nearer to God as a family, as a church. And let's go and serve him. And he promised he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Let's bow our heads for prayers. If you want to give God your life this morning and ask him, Lord, here's my life anew. I'm coming back to you. Use me. That's your prayer. That's wonderful. And if there's someone who says, I haven't yet experienced the true love of God, his salvation, I hereby give my heart to him and my life to him at the very beginning of this year. And I tell you one thing, it'll be the best year you have. You will spend with him. Christians, let's fall in love again. Let's go and serve him. Non-believers, one thing you need to do is accept him as your savior. If there's someone in the congregation here like me to pray for him or her, say, Edel, I need your prayer for salvation. Lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. Amen. You need to get saved. To ask the Lord into your heart. Say, Edel, pray for me. I want that. Just lift up your heart. Hand and Lord, quickly, I'll see it. No one is looking except God and myself. And Christians, if you want to fall in love again, this is your time to say, Lord, I promise I will serve you and I will walk with you and I will listen to you and I will live to honor you all this year. Say this prayer. Our Father, we thank you that you always speak to our hearts. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that is with us, and without him we cannot deliver anything. He delivers these messages. He delivers our souls. He loves us so much that he is with us this morning, this afternoon rather. We pray that you save the unsaved, and strengthen the Christians, and make this church, little church in this valley, a haven of rest to many souls, to many tortured souls in the world. Make us a light to this world. Help us this year that is coming upon us to be true witnesses, to serve you well, to honor your name, and live for the glory of God our Father. 
In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen.